Hello and welcome to another episode of Rike's Expat Podcast. This is podcast number 012 and today I'll be sharing a bit about my personal experiences with relationships in the Philippines. Over the last three and a half years, when I first began in late, well, I guess it was about early actually, early 2013, when I actively began to uh, vlog and do video and such, I, I've written a lot of articles and I've done a lot of videos on relationships in the Philippines in general. And I've brought forward, again anonymously, uh, various examples and anecdotes of people that I've spoken with and, and talked to and gotten to know expats here, either visiting or living here, regarding their different different situations they've run into with Filipinas. What I'd like to do today is actually share with you my personal experience, my personal experience with the relationships that I have had here in the Philippines since I came here back in 2012. Now, at the current time, it's 2016, so we're talking about four years, four years of relationships here in the Philippines. Now, I guess the first thing I should do is define a relationship the way I'll be using it here. A relationship is when you meet a woman and there's that attraction and then you go on a couple dates and get to know her a little bit. That might take maybe a week or so. But to me, you're not in a relationship. If all you've done is dated a woman for a week or two, kind of got an idea of who she was, and then you decided, well, uh, no, you know, this is a deal breaker, or eh, she's not really for me, or whatever, and then you just sort of stay friends, and you don't pursue it, that's not a relationship. That's, that's just dating. That's just getting to know a person. What I consider a relationship is when you get past that initial phase of getting to know them, which moves very quickly in the Philippines. And then you get into the realm of making it exclusive, to where you you finally have that talk. At least with me, I'm very communicative, so I always end up having that talk to officially sit down with her at some point and say, okay, so so we're doing a relationship I guess. Uh, I'm not going to see any other women, and you're not going to see any other guys, and we're going we're gonna to give this a chance. We'll spend our time with each other, and we'll see how it goes. And who knows? Maybe this will be something that will become permanent down the road, but yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's have a relationship. You're my girlfriend. I'm your boyfriend. And bingo. Now, now you're at the beginning of the relationship. So when I use the word relationship, it's to define that. Contrary to urban myth and what some people may say, in the last four years, even going back to 2010, which is six years back from right now, I've only had four relationships. Not, Not six, not eight, not 14, not 40. Four. That's it. Four relationships in the last six years. And my first relationship in the Philippines began six years ago. 
Six years ago, in 2010, I was running my own computer repair business, uh, a mobile service there in Southern California, and I covered about, oh, about eight different cities. And it was during the course of doing that business that I had to deliver a laptop. And by the way, I went into this in great detail in my How It Started at LifeBeyondTheSea.com. So if you go and click on the little... Uh, how it started tab up there in the upper menu. You can get the full details. But the gist of it is that I, in the course of my business, I met a Filipina woman. And I, it was like something out of a movie. I walked into this Filipino restaurant where somebody wanted to pick up their computer. And I was just amazed. I literally was taken totally by surprise. I took one look at her. I couldn't even read the menu on the wall. I couldn't even make my order for food or anything. I, I was just so dumbfounded at how sweet and kind and beautiful she came across, this Filipina woman. And so that was the beginning. Uh, it took me, I actually ate at that Filipina restaurant for five weeks straight. I had dinner there at closing time. I would go there about 8 p.m. and then stay until they closed at about 11. And it was usually a little bit slow. And I would have a nice long dinner every day for five weeks. And I eventually got to build a rapport with this woman. And, and she was there working as a waitress cashier. And she really had zero interest in me or any other guy there at the restaurant. And I spent five weeks having dinner there every single night. I had just about everything on that menu. And and eventually, finally, finally, she kept turning me down, turning me down. And finally, one day, she said, I'll have lunch with you in the afternoon this coming Friday. So I thought, great. So we did meet for lunch and had some Mexican food and went out to the Mission Inn. And in fact, that was my first time at the Mission Inn, believe it or not. And then like two hours later, she said, I have to catch my shuttle now. I'm flying back to the Philippines. So she arranged it so that we could have this date, and then she could just bail out of town, out of the country. And little did I know that in actuality, she had a complete thriving business in the Philippines, in Cebu. So um, off she went. Now, the situation I'm about to describe to you is not average, <laughs> not by a long shot. My first Filipina relationship in the last four years began in California. It began seeing her at that restaurant. We communicated long distance on Skype and phone. And before you knew it, every three months, she would fly to the United States, fly to California, get her own apartment. She also had another uh, five-bedroom house she owned there. And she was in the middle of a divorce. Now, she would stay either at her other apartment or her other house, and we would date whenever she was in California. And she was in California every three months. She would stay for two months and then return to Cebu to run her business. Now, after about a year, we became in a very tight relationship. So then she would come and stay there with me. Now, everything was fantastic for two years, from, I guess, 2000, 
2010, actually maybe late even 2009 on, on up to about 2011, we were, we were very happy and she was fl- willing to fly at her own expense. She was willing to fly back and forth to the United States to be with me again for, for two months and then three months back with her business. And she did this for over two and a half years. And, and we were very happy. However, I was becoming more and more restless about the progress of the divorce, which was going very slow. And so I, I eventually had on 4th of July of all days, I was at an Indian powwow and I called her up and I'm walking around this Indian powwow talking to her on the phone and she's in the Philippines. And, and I asked her, well, uh, what are we doing here? I mean, are you ever going to move to the United States and we can be together? And she said no, that she has too large of a business in Cebu and there's no way she was going to ever move to the United States. And that was the beginning, the spark of me deciding that day to move to the Philippines. I sat down and I spent three hours deliberating whether or not I would move to the Philippines to be with this woman. And I loved her very much, so at the end of the three hours, I decided one way or another, I was going to learn to adjust to whatever was in the Philippines, and I was going to go, and I was going to be with her, and I would wait till the divorce was finished, and then her and I could begin our life together and get married. Very simple plan. Well, needless to say, things did not go as planned. I did get to the Philippines in July of 2012, which was almost exactly one year from the day that I, I had that conversation with her about moving to the Philippines. And the way the relationship went is essentially because she was still legally married, she could not be seen with me in public. We could not just go out on dates. I know that sounds very foreign to those of you who have not been to the Philippines, but in the Philippines they have adultery laws still on the books which meant that her husband, as long as their divorce was not yet finalized, because he was an American citizen, which is why she filed for the divorce in California, as long as they were still married on paper, we could not be seen together. So I moved to the Philippines, and I was lucky if I really got to see her once or twice a month. Once or twice a month, we would text each other, we'd show up in the same movie theater, We'd kind of say, okay, I'm sort of in the middle of the theater, up towards the back. And then we'd find each other in the movie theater. We could sit down next to each other and and hold hands while we watched a movie. And then when the movie went out, she'd go out one door, and I'd wait a little bit, go out another door, and, and that's how we did it. And we did try a few times going outside of Cebu and trying to just have a normal day, just do some shopping at the mall, And wouldn't you know it, we got out of the elevator and right there was the accountant for her business. And, you know, she kind of played it off and just said she was showing me some property uh, because she was in land development. But we couldn't get away with an excuse like that for long. So the way that the first relationship went was, needless to say, I was a fish out of water in the Philippines. And after about five months... It, it became even more frustrating that I couldn't be with her. I couldn't just be with her. I wanted to do what we did before and, and cook dinner together and, and watch movies together in the living room and all this. And, and we couldn't do any of that. So 
I got frustrated, she got frustrated, she was frustrated and suspicious and jealous, which then made me feel resentful. So, so even though it wasn't a long-distance relationship after I got here, the fact that she was in Cebu and I was in Mactan and we couldn't be seen together, it, it felt like a long-distance relationship and had all the problems of a long-distance relationship. So eventually, with time, the it seemed like we spent more time arguing than than enjoying seeing each other. And I guess my whole point in this this first example of a Philippine relationship is that if you're going to get involved with a Filipina, you, you may stumble upon a woman who got married, her husband left her maybe six years ago. In fact, the husband may even have another wife, well, not really legally, but he's living with a woman, has had two or three kids with the other woman. In every way, they're apart, except legally. And I guess if there's any lesson I could convey to you out of my first experience with a relationship in the Philippines is that if you knowingly get involved with a married woman, you're going to have problems. And you're going to have problems, and, and that's aside from the legal problems, because the husband never did press charges. He was out cheating on her every day with young girls anyway. Even if, let's just say, you don't have legal problems, you very well will have the kind of problem that I just described, where really, if you're smart, you will not walk around town together. Because not only is it, it's not that, that some neighbor is going to see you and, and is going to report you to the police. Only her spouse can report her to the police. Only the spouse. The problems you're going to run into have more to do with the two of you not being able to spend time together, her knowing that you are a hot commodity as an expat in the Philippines, knowing that other girls are going to be chasing you down literally every down every street corner. That's just how it is in the Philippines. If you're if you're a single foreigner, you attract a lot of attention from young, beautiful women. That's the life. That's just how it is. And they know it. So this woman, there's, again, it's a lot of jealousy, a lot of suspicion, and things eventually just degrade. So even if you have no legal issues, even if you somehow get through the whole jealousy issue, at some point you're going to want to live together. And the problem has to do with not just the legal issue, but it has to do with social standing. Now, you ha again, you have to get acquainted with Philippine culture to understand that the chief thing a woman has in the Philippines is her reputation, which is why gossip is just so powerful in the Philippines, is people are worried about gossip because they know gossip can affect their reputation negatively. So, for a lot of women, the idea of still being married to her first husband and living with a foreigner does not really go well with her friends and her neighbors. Her family might be totally fine with it. Her parents are understanding. Her parents may very well say, yeah, good riddance to the old son-in-law. He's He was lame from the beginning. We're glad that you have a better, happier life with this foreigner. But... It's the friends, the neighborhood, the, the other women 
that can be catty and jealous who will twist this whole situation and put her through a lot of hell. These are, again, just so many reasons why you really want to know what you're walking into if you date a married woman, a paper married woman, a woman still married on paper to some guy who took off years ago in the Philippines. My second relationship, after I left Mactan and after I'd already broken up, my, my second relationship was on the island of Bohol. Now, I kind of went into a recluse mode. I just wanted to be alone in the province. I wanted to work on my articles. I wanted to work on video. But I really, I was just kind of like, I just wanted to pull back. And living out in the province, away from any foreigners, away, I mean, I, I was in a small barangay of about 20 Filipino families. I was the only expat, and I was way at the back of the barangay. I could go three days and not, not see another human being. So I, I enjoyed that period to kind of pull away from relationships. And because I didn't have a scooter, it would take me an hour just to walk into town, and which I did for groceries like twice a week. And um, some of you may have seen those videos. It was just a, a kind of a Robinson Crusoe kind of thing, self-imposed, and that's how I wanted it. Well, eventually I did buy a scooter, and I started exploring the island and just putt-putting around, learning how to ride the thing. And, and in the process one day, I happened to stop for some load at a small Cayendera. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's basically a little Filipino eatery where they have uh, homemade Filipino dishes and pots and stuff. It's, you know, it's just kind of very, kind of, you know, uh, simple Filipino dishes. And so I pulled into one of these places that also had a sorry sorry in order to buy some load for my phone. And I was just really impressed with the owner of the little sorry sorry place. Now here's, here's an interesting thing is because I'm, I've been something of a, a public figure and a lot of people knew about not every detail, but many details about my dating life. Many of them said, well, before you get involved with somebody else, this time, even though my first girlfriend was, she was 36 when we met, and she was, I believe, 38 when I finally moved to the Philippines, people said, well, before you go get involved with somebody, since you really prefer to have a woman with no kids, why don't you pick an older woman who's almost 40, who doesn't have any kids, she's probably accepted that by now. And as it would turn out, this second relationship, I, I met her, and and she was 39 years old. She had been widowed for almost a year. There's like a one-year waiting period they do, like a mourning thing, where they don't officially date. So her husband had passed away about maybe nine months before, and she, but nonetheless, there was a chemistry between us, and, and I kept coming back to have lunches there at the resto, and we could talk. And with time, she said, well, we can't officially date for like another three weeks or something. She said, but I suppose it would be okay if you came and met my parents for Sunday after church lunch. So that's what I did. And it was, it was just, here's my friend, Rike, and he's here for lunch. And, you know, and I met the, met her parents, but I wasn't introduced as a boyfriend because we were just still getting to know each other. 
Well, finally the time passed, and then we could start officially dating, and by that time we were very excited to, to be with each other and spend every, every free moment we had just being together. And now she was very, uh, very much a go-getter. She had her own Cayandera Sorry Sorry store, and she raised a few pigs. She owned a brand new tricycle that she leased out every day. She owned her own home. She owned her own land. And everything, everything on paper looked really great. And she was really sweet on me and, and very doting. And, and we had very clear conversations about kids and the fact that I didn't want any kids. And her position was she never wanted to get pregnant again due to having lost a child during the time that she was married in, in the birthing process. And she, she was totally fine with never having kids, never being pregnant again. And she was 39 years old. And so everything looked great. And I thought, okay, well, this wasn't so hard. Okay, so now I've been here in the Philippines about a year, and I met this woman, and everything's going great. Well, what ended up happening was I had to go back to the United States because my mom's health had, had taken a drastic downturn. She's much better now. But during the time that I was in California, we had already gone into, entered into an exclusive relationship. That was where we were at before I left. When I returned to the Philippines two months later, just after Christmas, she met me at the airport and and then we rode back together to Panglao. And at that point, I moved in with her at the house that she had. However, because her mother and father lived in the house, it was her house, but she had them living with her, for appearance sake and everything, she would always sleep in her mother's room. The dad, before I ever came along, the dad just slept in a little side room on a cot. I guess they just don't sleep together. I guess, I don't know, maybe they just bug each other. I don't know. So so every night, I stayed there for about two and a half, three months, there on Pang Lao, and, and we had our whole day together. We would cook, have breakfast together, and she would go off to run the Sari Sari store. She'd come home in the evening, and we'd cook dinner together, and watch TV, and do karaoke, and take walks in the province, and go to Alona Beach, and life was great. And, and then I started just kind of picking up on little things that didn't make sense. Long story short, turned out she had changed her mind. Somewhere during my vacation, she had changed her mind and decided she did want kids. She, in fact, she wanted to get pregnant before she was 40, or at the end of being 40, so really before being 41. She wanted to get pregnant as fast and as soon as possible, and she knew I could not give her a baby. So she essentially made some advancements to two other expats asking for a baby if they would then just go on and disappear. I finally found out about it, and we had a talk. And I essentially said, well, this is what we in the United States call a deal breaker. Number one, I can't trust you anymore. And number two, you obviously really want a baby. And I'm not the guy who's going to be making a baby. And I'm not the guy who's going to be raising a baby. So 
I packed up my things, and that was the beginning of my road trip, which got me heading towards Dumaguete. Now, the thing to take away from this whole thing is that it is good to know what you want. I'm a big proponent of knowing what you want. However, despite all the communication that I had with her, there's always that wild random variable, such as her biological time clock going into full alarm at, at, at just the most random moment. Random things can happen like that when you're involved with another human being. That's just life. People change their mind. And she, rather than sitting down with me and saying, hey, I changed my mind, uh, I really do want a baby, and, you know, the proper thing would have been that, she, that we just break up, and then she could go chase whatever guy she wanted to have a baby. I don't know how she imagined she was going to pull the whole thing together. Maybe she was hoping I would raise this baby, but, again, I communicated that was not going to happen. So the thing to take away from this whole thing is that everything can look great on paper, but this is why you spend a year with someone. We had only been together maybe five months, and this whole scenario played out. So had I simply just been in love and gotten married to her two months after I met her, I would be in a real pickle. I would be married to somebody that we literally just were not even on the same path. So this is why I'm a big proponent of getting to know someone in a relationship for a year. Because you may change what you want, or they may change what they want. The idea of just romantically getting in love and getting married right away, because everything looks good on paper, and they're telling you everything you want to hear. Everything looks great right now. But give it a year. That's the lesson to be learned out of this second relationship, is give it a year. Because it has to survive the next year if you're going to be married the rest of your life anyway. So before you make it permanent, be together a year. If you can make it through a year and everything is still hunky-dory, well, at least now you can say to yourself if things get weird later, hey, at least I tried. I did spend a year with this woman in person getting to know her. I won't go into my whole thing about knowing people online. I know different people have different views on that, but I highly recommend spend a year with this person, if it's at all possible. I know visas don't always allow for that, and there's a lot of things, and I I, I do. I, I really feel bad for a lot of the situations people get, get into or find themselves in due to immigration restrictions and such. But if it's at all possible... Spend a year with this person before you commit the rest of your life in marriage with them. 